0: Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear
1: from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Tech London podcast. Lala. I want to get right into it today because I am um, this man said the word central and Eastern Europe and I love that. I met my wife in Krakow who's from Argentina but that's another story in oh a, a long time ago before Instagram was invented but Noel what are you known for and what would you like to be known for sir
0: hey Bernie so what am I known for known for being an expert in uh, hiring from Eastern Europe uh, having a particular kind of uh, or an extensive list of London's cocktail bars and uh, known for connecting people and doing weird and wonderful things with connection and icebreakers and events and
1: gatherings are you, are you a frustrated butlin's red coat is that is that how you got into that?
0: I don't think so, but I did used to go to Butlins, actually. So maybe there was a subliminal thing kind of that came through. But uh, no, I just, I moved to London two and a half years ago, wanted to meet more people and uh, then read a whole bunch of books on doing kind of uh, fun, kind of good conversation things, getting below the chit chat.
1: We'll, we'll get to the podcast in a second. Do, do you know that book that's come out recently called The Two-Hour Cocktail Party?
0: I do indeed. I'm good friends with Nick Gray. Uh, we ran a session in Mexico City a few months ago and he came along. So we've been, uh, we've been hanging out and yes, I do
1: it's a great book. It is. It is. I really. Oh, I was a bit annoyed because there's there's a couple of books that I wish I'd written, but you know, you know how like I had an idea for an Uber, but then someone went and did it. So I really like that one. Um, and there's a book called. Um, uh, anti cell by oh my god I forgot his name which is really good too and it's all about just connecting getting people together running meetups and, and, and having people being curious and asking questions rather than like you know sticking their business cards to each other's forehead which is you know a lost art what is um so I'm, I'm trying to find a way to say like what's going what's going on with the job market in the UK because there's this like every, everyone went remote and there's the, everyone's got to go back to the office and it, it, it seems like this like mega mega shitstorm and there seems to be people definitely losing in it and people definitely winning. And what do you think we should do?
0: It's it's really interesting. It is really interesting. And I think hopefully eventually people will meet in the middle a little bit. So I talked to a lot of uh, employers and companies here in the UK that come to me kind of for help hiring because they're struggling in the UK. And some of that is because, you know, there is a definite skill shortage, right? For people that, you know, I work with a lot of agency owners, for instance. Um, I work with a lot of SaaS founders and they're looking to hire really, really good people. But a lot of the salaries are just unaffo- unaffordable right now. So things are really, really kind of like pretty hot uh, on the salary side of things. And some of that is because our cost of living is, is really, really high. Problem with that is that there's lots of other people around the world in lower cost regions that are happy to work, you know, for kind of lower salaries. And so that, that kind of starts getting a bit challenging. I think the big thing for me with the jobs market is that candidates need to be putting themselves out there. So much of it now is done through networking. There are still amazing opportunities for people here you know, in London and, and wider afield. Um, but it's just put yourself across there. And, you know, if you want to kind of progress, I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit old school in some ways, uh, believe in, you know, kind of just earning the opportunities a little bit and, you know, going a bit above and beyond, which maybe isn't so popular these days, but uh it worked really really well
1: for me and i still see some instances of it working really well for people I, I people say that a lot you know that oh that's a bit old school but i just think you know when you when you i know don't do something weird but you know when you when you show and demonstrate commitment it it's an energy people pick up on which might sound even weirder than what you said but <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's that kind of like hunger. So I've got a friend of mine uh, here in London, and she's just started working for another friend of mine as a front-end developer. And she is so excited by the opportunity, right? She's working her notice in her previous job. She In the evenings, she's doing everything she can to be getting up to speed, doing stuff. And that is absolutely amazing. And I think it's going to serve her really, really, really well. And then similarly, I have conversations with other people that just... Don't want to do anything above the bare minimum, and that is cool. That is fine if that's the way you want to go. The big thing for me is that opportunity normally comes out of you doing things a little bit different. So for those people that have got that energy and that hunger, I think there's yeah, there's an exciting time and lots of uh, lots of available. Uh, things for you to kind of jump into and, and be noticed.
1: And then um do you remember on the World Off Track I should have prepped you for this. About five years ago, Simon Seneck was being interviewed on some Australian show and he said something about millennials and then it it went viral. And then it seems ever since that moment everyone just it just is obsessed with millennials and the other one and and it, is this like a real thing or is it just something like people like talking about on LinkedIn to look like they know what they're talking about even if they don't know what they're talking about so i'm not entirely
0: sure i hear it a lot though and particularly in the u.s so i have a lot of my u.s clients i had one guy recently came to me and he said i I just i just don't know what to do like they start on a monday they want a pay rise on tuesday they want a seat on the board on wednesday and by thursday they've left because someone else has offered them 10 grand more and you know bit of an exaggeration but it's certainly out there enough that, you know, people are suffering and feeling it. But at the same time, I'm kind of with you that sometimes this breeds this feeling that it's everywhere, when actually I suspect it's not. So there's, there's just a meeting in the middle that needs to Uh, that needs to happen for me. And so, you know, for the people that got the energy that want to really commit, I think remote work is an amazing thing, but also the label of remote work. Some people are thinking of remote work that it means absolute flexibility. And I can be a laptop-toting nomad sat on the beach working for a couple of hours whilst getting full-time pay. And you know, there's this whole thing about being overemployed and people intentionally taking two, three or even more full time jobs and then kind of complaining when they get caught out or things like that. I'm I'm not down with that because I'm you know, if you want to have a good career and kind of real have some interesting opportunity, then I'm not sure that's the way to go about it. So there's a whole mix of things going on and that kind of breeds opportunity but does breed a lot of frustration when there's just a mismatch of expectations between you know uh kind of someone that wants to do the work and someone wants to employ someone to do the work
1: that was um because must be like 2017 that that i just got into working in online um things like upwork and stuff like that and it really opened my eyes to how people hire you on those platforms and And I noticed that some people would do like an onboarding thing. So they'd be like, oh, you know, whether it was for a blog post or a bigger job or something like that, they they knew how to build an online remote relationship. And that was a long time ago and other people would say they just expected you know like you know salesforce trello and had to set up on oracle satellite system you know in an hour even though they were wanted to pay like nine pounds i always felt those people kind of and there were, there were people that i felt hired you online because they were so shit at what they did and they wanted to outsource their success to you rather than, you know, have you deliver some work. I uh, confuse my things there, but do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think the best analogy for this right now are the
0: danger of saying the words chat GPT, right? The best analogy is how you go into chat GPT. If you give it a one-line prompt, it's going to give you an output with a certain quality. If you give it three, four, five, ten 10 paragraphs, really helping it to help you, the output is going to be so much better. And it's the same when people hire. So as you said, lots of people will jump onto Upwork, Fiverr, Indeed, Monster.com, wherever, and they'll put a plain text, two-paragraph job post that talks about what they want and doesn't in any way talk about what the candidate might want. And as a result, they're going to get a certain kind of quality and level of interest back. So if you're just hiring someone to design me, do something really, really straightforward, that a couple of paragraphs can do a brief. And it's like a one off task and they don't need to know your vision, your values, your culture, what you really, really deeply want. Then that might be fine. But if you're looking for someone to join your team and be a real team member, even if they're remote, even if they're legally a contractor, then you've got to put that more effort in and do that kind of onboarding. And for me, set the expectation up front that you're looking for a team member. So I think both ways are fine as long as you're doing the briefing for the, what you actually want. Uh, and that is where you know I do a lot of my... I spend a lot of my time coaching and guiding employers to be like, hey, look, the people you want, you've got to actually sell the opportunity to them. So their job post should be a sales page complete with testimonials, social proof, pictures, things like that, because to attract the people they want, that's that's the effort you've got to
1: do. So building on that is i've been in this situation either like working on a project or in part of a startup or something or sank in it um where there's been three or four of us and we've all kind of you know got our finger in every bit of pie of the thing and it's all a bit messy and and it works but we know we need to get some help and then we don't know what we know you know someone goes oh let's go let's hire someone remotely or you know what's pertinent to what we're talking about here How, how How do you do that how do you like find out what you want when you're in the weeds yourself
0: so ideally have a conversation with someone friendly that loves these kind of chats so i'm I'm an example of that but or you can just chat to other people peers other business owners things like that the main thing is not to get constrained by job titles so I, i tell people all the time ignore the job titles forget about that start off with a list of what you actually want someone to do and just freeform, just get it all out on paper, that all screen. Then you can figure out and you know, someone like me can help you figure out, okay, which of those things can be combined into a role. We have this tendency as founders and business owners, right? Like you said, we're all wearing multiple hats. We're doing twenty eight different jobs. And yet when we go to hire, we're like, Oh, I need to hire a marketing person or I need to hire a developer. They can't possibly do that. That's a different job. When in actual fact, people love having variety and love being able to get into involved in different things as long as it's within their capability. So yeah, start with a list of things that you actually want to get done. You can get inspiration from other job posts that are out there and chat to, you know, people like me, people like you and just be like, Hey, I'm thinking of hiring to get these things done is there a particular title or role or place you know and the method of hiring that you know you'd recommend
1: so the other thing is i'm really bad at segues but in so in um march 2020 suddenly i was a remote work expert because i've been working remotely online you know that kind of whatever you want to call it since probably i'd say 2008 like um and I would never walk around going, oh, I'm a digital nomad. But, you know, I, I just worked in a co-working space with a laptop and hardly ever met the people I work with. And I just thought more people work like that. And then when COVID hit in March 2020, I was being invited. I felt really, you know, like I felt a like complete imposter syndrome because there's so many people that probably you and I know who are remote work experts. And I was being invited to webinars to talk about remote work. And and I was amazed at how many people didn't know how to work remotely. And I don't want to sound like a, a knob saying that, but I just thought that's how we work nowadays. But like what what happened for you in 2020, like till now, like how did it it must have felt like an earthquake in your industry.
0: Absolutely. And, and the biggest thing for us is that businesses that previously would never have entertained hiring remotely, they'd be like, no, absolutely not. We've got to have people in the office. They've got to have access to the network or you know, we've got to be together. Suddenly we're forced to go remote. And so they had to make it work. And then as a result, at the end of it, they've been like, and you know, during that, and it was an extended period of time, Right. During that period, some of their team members moved out and they didn't move house down the street or within the same town. They moved house maybe within the country, maybe outside of the country. And were like, oh, well, I can work remotely. Then you come to the end of it and they're trying to bring people back in the office. And they're like, oh, well, I, I live in Spain or I live in Portugal or I live in wherever now. Right. And sometimes that's a trickier conversation. So it opened people's eyes that actually remote work and hiring people remotely wasn't for these crazy online entrepreneurs actually anyone could do it um and that that's been huge for us right so we're now tapped in and helping people hire that never would have thought about it before
1: what changed in your opinion or or how you viewed the world or or you want to interpret that like in in that time because you must have thought one thing in like january 2020 and all that happened was it like pandora's box opened for your industry or what?
0: A little bit. Yes, I think. So what was the thing for me? I think it was there was a bit of a holy shit moment. Like I run a remote recruitment business specializing in an area of the world that has amazing people at half the cost of, you know, UK, US, etc. Suddenly, this opportunity just got you know, a hundred times bigger than I'd probably ever dreamed it could be. But with that comes a whole bunch of complexity because it's like, how much of my time do I want to spend advising, guiding, coaching people have never hired offshore before versus working with clients that already have a, a remote team that are very well versed in how to do it. There's a different kind of process around it. And actually I, I work with all kinds of, you know, both groups of those people. Um <laughs> But it, it's different. If you're, you know, we have a lot of, right, remote first people that have always been remote, as you said, since like, you know, 20, 2008, 2010, 2012. It's very different where they've always been remote first versus having just gone remote and now maybe trying to be hybrid. Um, but yeah, it just opens it up to lots bit more opportunity, but at the same time, lots more competition. Uh, and that's what, you know, people here in London are facing, you know, there, there's huge competition for jobs, uh, especially remote jobs in a way there's not been before. And, but there's more opportunity as well because there's way more jobs available to them.
1: And what, what's um, I am I'm always been madly in love with Eastern and Central Europe. And what can you just just talk a bit about that area because I've just met so many. You know, we've been to. Prague and Belgrade or Poland. Um, We've got to know uh, th- via the co-working community. Uh, we got to know the Croatian Freelancer Association really well and did retreats there and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm really, insi- and um, the uh, Ukraine Co-Working Association is, we, we already knew them, but we just got so close to them since the invasion in um, 2022, was it? Mm -hmm, i always have to be really careful how i say that because i get excited and give the wrong dates which is terrible but um what is what would you like to tell us about that part of the world
0: i think one of the biggest things for me so we do a lot of work in the balkans so bosnia and herzegovina serbia croatia north macedonia places like that and the Biggest thing for me is, you know, a lot of the kind of communities and the people out there have known real hardship, right? Some of my team members are old enough to remember, you know, sheltering in the basement as kids, for instance, and all of the rebuilding effort that went on after the, you know, everything that went on back in their, what, 90s uh, out there. So they've known real hardship. And what that brings is this, like I said, this hunger, this work ethic, this desire to kind of progress and kind of really kind of, you know, be Not physically hungry, but just kind of, yeah, want something better. And that then translates into just this amazing energy and kind of work ethic. And, you know, we see it in in London. We see, you know, in the hospitality industry, particularly there's huge numbers uh, of people from Eastern Europe here in the UK, and that translates into the, you know, than when they stay in country and work remotely so you just get this incredible sweet spot of you know amazing talent their technical skills and their education system over there is absolutely amazing coupled with this incredible work ethic and then coupled with dramatically lower costs of living so typically you're hiring at like 40 40 to 50 percent of kind of uk rates and so it makes it really really compelling for those that you know either can't afford or can't find you know the talent they need here
1: in here in the uk and um, well, compared with other parts of the world it's, a, it's I mean, I know, I know, you're like mad about that part of the world, but like, what do you think that has over other areas that people typically hire remote workers in?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is this. I, I refer to it as like cultural alignment, and what I mean really is that they're very, very direct talking. So people from Eastern Europe generally. They're going to be very straight with you, almost blunt. And I have to kind of warn some of my newer clients, kind of like, hey, you're going to get used to this and you're going to love it. But it is very, very straight talking. It's not rude. Whereas there's other regions of the world that will never challenge you as a manager or as a boss, right? It's just there are... More subservient cultures where that is just not the dumb thing. And so, if you give them a, a poor instruction that's maybe not entirely clear, which, you know, as founders and business owners, we do pretty regularly because we just assume everyone understands what's in our head, then you're going to get the, the analogy is you're going to get the square wheel. Whereas with people from Eastern Europe, just the cultural style and the alignment is very, very direct talking, great communication in that sense. That just means you have much better conversations, more proactivity more challenge that just gives you better results so i think that's the biggest difference compared to you know some of the kind of uh you know wider known uh, areas of the world that are also you know known for remote hiring
1: that that is that is really accurate i, I did a, a lot of podcasting and online event production with um jelko from uh serbia and i, I think there's i think there's like nine of him and and he, he runs a he runs an agency that makes explainer videos and then produces podcasts and online events at hundred miles an hour. And I definitely got more work done with him. And there was no, there was no talking about the weather in, in a really nice way. Like it was, it was just, it was a joy to work with him because the level of efficiency and execution was um, amazing. And, and these days I work with Inga from Estonia who is, you know, just tells it like it, not, when you say tells it like it is, it sounds like it's being rude. It's like, you know, did they pay? Yes or no? No. Well, what are you going to do about it then? Let's go. And, and it's, you know, I don't know if it's an English thing or just me, but it's like, you know, it's so, well, maybe call, call, you know, just get to the point is, is refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. So what is, I'm trying not to ask, like, what do you think is going on in the next year because there's there's this never ending exhausting future of work conversation um and ai is taking our jobs ai is not taking our jobs and like you know what, what, have, you, have you got a few like predictions you'd like to lay out before we go
0: i think uh i think it'll chill out a little bit Right, I hope it will because, like you said, it's just every second thing is scaremongering, fearmongering, all this kind of stuff. I think around, I think more and more businesses will go hybrid and will figure out efficient ways to do that. So where they're trying to force people back in the office, and you get this situation where you know half of the team are in on one day and the other half on a different day, but they're still on Teams meetings and Zoom meetings, which makes no sense. I think that will kind of stabilize and get a bit more a bit more sensible. I think more and more companies will leverage remote hiring. Um, because they need to, because they can't find talent locally. And one of the reasons for that is because more and more people, which I think is fantastic, are starting up new things themselves. Um, whether that's AI, whether that's all of the different tools that are available that make it so much easier to start a business uh, and, you know, micro entrepreneurs, things like that. I think that's fantastic. What that means here in the UK is there are less people in the jobs market that are looking for for jobs. Uh, so I think you'll see a shift there. And... I think you know people will just you know take what we've learned through the kind of pandemic about you know the value of actually you know focusing on life and uh, kind of working to
1: live, not the other way around, and just you know find what works for them. <laughs> Talking of finding Noel, where can we find you online? Yeah. yeah. Oh, place right like now <laughs> is, uh, best place right now is probably
0: LinkedIn. Um, but if anyone ever wants to help have any kind of chat or kind of chat about hiring and like that, just uh, jobrackeu job slash Noel, that's N O E L. And uh, they, yeah, they can kind of hit me up there, but otherwise it's LinkedIn right now.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll put links in the show notes to all of that stuff. And are you still doing that little walk along the river video thing you do? I
0: do. I, my big thing is like hyper personal, but very casual video. So, you know, if I want to get in touch with someone, if I'm chatting with friends or potential clients, I I love Loom and living in London, it's quite helpful because I can do it when I've got the House of Parliament in the background or Big Ben or London Eye, things like that. So yeah, love a Loom video while I'm wandering along, just saying hello. So in the age of AI and things being, you know, very impersonal uh, i'm all about the hyper personal video
1: that's 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 the, don't tell people that's the secret sauce you yeah. know the, the, the super personal thing Could you, just before oh, i was talk, i think i had this conversation about once a week that you know now we're all remote and in different countries and like so many of our friends and work colleagues are spread around the world the fact you can just make a video call from someone like whatsapp on your phone is just you know what a luxury. It, I agree. And I still have, I mean, I'm a pretty techie person.
0: I, I've been in tech for a long time now. I still have that moment when I'm chatting to a friend in Brisbane, Australia, and it's near as damn it real time. And I'm having a moment going, this is really clever. And just there's bits like that. So I still appreciate that without any doubt. Uh, but I do have to, you know, when I'm i do not know, like I said, if I've got big Ben in the background. I now have to call out and say, this is not fake. This is not AI look. This is actually 10 past 12 on Tuesday afternoon. And it's, you know, I'm outside Big Ben because otherwise everyone just assumes it's a fake background.
1: Mm. And do you remember calling cards where you have to scratch off the number? Yeah. And, um, Oh yeah. And you have to go to the right news agents that sold the two for one or did some, some deal like that. And, uh, kind of thing. And if you call from a mobile, it was like four times as much as calling from a landline. but there we go. Just giving away our age there. Okay. <laughs> Say goodbye to everyone now hey thanks everyone catch you soon cheers Benny. cheers folks thanks for listening and go to techlondon.io and join probably probably the world's best startup slack channel be careful out there it is a jungle
0: you've been listening to the tech london show if you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show make sure you join our slack group over at techlondon.io till next time